And I always crack up that he thinks I'm funny because he's the funny one in our relationship. He's the one with the humor that really, you know, should be but a you're comedian. The, but you're the object <laughs> of the humor. But I get excited when when I make him laugh. And I think, you know, couples that stay together, they they tease, they they think each other's quirks and idiosyncrasies are funny and cute. No, like Daniil, like Daniil at one time <laughs> thought that the Statue of Liberty <laughs> was on top of the of the Empire State Building. <laughs> and she was homeschooling our kids, and I was terrified. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> hey, welcome, everybody. We are doing part two of the 10 things that couples do that last. These are habits that they have implemented into their marriages that has kept them together for years and years. So I want to introduce to you my husband, Steve. We have been married 43 and a half years. And Steve is a sought out speaker, for those of you who don't know. And he's, um, we are just celebrating this next year, his 50th year in ministry. And he's taught me everything I know. That's not true. <laughs> it is. That so is we're not. on number six. If I taught it to you, it was in reverse, probably. <laughs> anyway, anyway we've learned together and grown together for sure. Yeah. So number six. Things that couples do, okay? They genuinely enjoy one another's company, mm. meaning they're compatible. They they actually like each other. Mm -hmm. They're best of friends. And mm -hmm. I can honestly say mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. with us, that, mm -hmm. that we love at the end of the day, we might run around all day long doing our own thing, but we always come together at night, always come together usually for a meal if you're mm -hmm. home and not traveling, if we're both home. And, uh, and we love sharing about our day. We love talking about the conversations we had with friends and people and our kids and just, you know, we are excited to share with one another at the end of well, each I day. Well, I think, I think that you, I think that I am authentically interested in your life. And I agree. Me too. What you are. You're, in yours. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> in you, my life. You are very interested in your life uh, and think that everyone else is too. But uh, <laughs> no, I just think that when you make a decision to build together, mm -hmm. a life together, a family together, businesses together, a ministry together, that uh, there has to be authenticity that I'm actually enjoying the real you. Yeah. yeah. You know, the real version of you. And then that, you know, with all of the idiosyncrasies that makes Daniil Daniil, that the things that make me laugh, the things that make you laugh about you and me. And, you know, and you have all your little things yeah. that well, you do and don't do that crack me up. Well, and I always crack up that he thinks I'm funny because he's the funny one in our relationship. He's the one with the humor that really, you know, should be but a comedian. You're the, but you're the object <laughs> of the humor. But I get excited when, when I make him laugh. And I think, you know, couples that stay together, they... They tease, they they think each other's quirks and idiosyncrasies are funny and cute. No, like Daniil, like Daniil at one time <laughs> thought that the Statue of Liberty <laughs> was on top of the of the Empire State Building. <laughs> and she was homeschooling our kids and I was terrified. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> That's probably not exactly the truth, but I made, I morphed it into that. Mm -hmm. Or she's like, that comes right out of left base. I'm like, Daniil, it's left field. Oh, oh. Uh, well, you know what? That remains to be seen. 
No, no, no. That's left to remain. Oh, that's right. No, I guess it is left to remain. No, it remains to be seen. No, that left that's left to remain. <laughs> Can you just call an ace a spade? No, it's called a spade a spade. And so Danielle has all these. She goes, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? Let's you know not what get I mean? caught Let's up not in get, semantics. Like, we don't want to get bogged down with, <laughs> with accuracies. But anyway, we have a, we, and some people think that the way we act, react, and interact with each other is too harsh. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Yeah. Just making fun of you. Are you kidding me? If uh, Danielle likes attention, all attention. <laughs> if it's negative, positive, as long as uh, her name is being mentioned and she's being paid attention to, oh, she's good. Oh, gosh. No, just kidding. No, but we do. I think the thing that we have going for us is we're able to laugh at ourselves. For sure. And, and at one lot, another. There's a lot and to laugh we at. we just don't take ourselves that seriously. You know, right. we can just... I don't know. We can laugh. And and literally, one of the reasons I married him was because of his sense of humor. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just, he would make me laugh. And he still makes me laugh 43 years later. So Like what, doubled over laughing. So what do we do? <laughs> what do we say to people? And then let's keep moving yeah. on. But what do we say to people who, uh, you've lost that love and feeling. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, what a voice. Just admit it. I can sing. My God. <laughs> That, let's send that into American Idol and maybe we'll get an audition. Okay, so they've lost the loving feeling. They don't enjoy each other anymore. What would you say or what could be said to those people that just burned out on each other? Yeah, they just uh, They've just allowed life to steal the flame. What would you say? I would say instead of dwelling on the annoyances... Find the things that you're grateful for in that person. Mm. There's lots of things, but sometimes we get distracted and bogged down with the little dumb things that irritate us, and we focus on that, or we compare our partner to somebody else. Well, that person would never make me feel like that. And I think sometimes people just get too sensitive. They just get overly sensitive and then, and with then one that another. Stops the enjoyment. And yeah, they take everything personal. And it's like if you can just go back to I, I like to say this to people. In fact, I like to ask couples, how did you meet? What made you think she was the one? What made you think he was the one you want to spend the rest of your life mm-hmm. with? And if you can come up and remember, in fact, psychologist uh, John Gottman, he says, if you can go back and remember all the things that gave you the little giddy feelings in the beginning and remember those things and reminisce and talk about those things. This is why mm-hmm. I fell in love with you. It like re-sparks that passion and it brings it back to life that was once there. Okay, that's good. But sometimes we get bogged down so with the you can't be you can't be thankful and critical yeah. of the same person at the same time. Right. So move over into Thanksgiving. That's right. Okay, next. Okay, number seven. They have arguments. They quarrel, okay? They fight, but they never let it escalate into something hostile or violent or name-calling. We have known couples who call each other the most horrible names when they're in arguments, and we just have never done that. And I think it goes back to because we genuinely have a respect for one another, but we've just never talked to each other in a degrading fashion. One of the greatest business guys, business leaders I know, said, here's how to roll. Hard on issues, easy on people. So you're not going to call somebody you're being easy on a bad name. Tackle the issue, even if it's 
in the, in the marriage marriage relationship. Even you're doing something that's bothering me or is disrespecting me. I'm experiencing it as disrespect, or I'm experiencing it as lack of tenderness or whatever I'm experiencing. Uh, be hard on the issue, but easy on the person. So if you're going to call something a name, call the issue a name. Don't call the person a name because then you got to get over the issue and the way you talk to the person right. about the issue. So that's right. Cool. Right. Okay. But so they, they resolve their conflict. And, you know, somebody asked me the other day, I was doing an interview and they said, well, what happens when, um, we were talking about when we're at a standstill and we can't come into an agreement. And I said, well, there's been times where I am not in agreement with him, but I've said, I don't trust you right now or that decision, but I do trust the God in you. So I'm going to defer to you. And then they said, well, what if he made the wrong decision? I go, oh, he has. And they go, well, do you say, oh, I told you so, I told you. I said, I would never do that. Mm -hmm. I would never shame him or judge him because he's doing the, he made the best decision with the information he had at the time. We all make mistakes, but because I respect him and I love him, I would never want him to feel bad about himself. If someone makes a a poor decision and then they have the fallout, they know. Like the wife doesn't have to be the one to like hammer you over the head with, you made a poor decision because we are in this together. And at that time, whatever decision it was, I probably didn't know the better way. So I deferred to you like, I don't know about this, but let's go ahead. And then, and then you've always come back to me and said, okay, yeah, you know, maybe you were right. I was wrong. Maybe you don't actually say it, but I know that you know that I know. Well, (laughs) well, the, the, the reality is that we're all organically evolving into the versions of ourselves that we need to be. And if you think that you're going to be the best version of yourself, mistake free, (laughs) one of the things that contributes to you being the best you is that you know what not to do. Right. Uh, I mean, it's better to make mistakes early on than later at like at this time in our life. Uh, because you have time to recover from them. And hopefully we've learned a thing or two. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. So, but, uh, but I think that, that you, you don't want to do damage to each other while you're resolving conflict. You don't want to damage your children, your marriage, your connection, your consideration. There's ways of saying, Hey, let's together get through this, man. Right. Um, and I think if it gets heated or if it gets unproductive that you got to have the maturity and the growth to, uh, know when to step away and come back together. Let me say this one thing that the reason why people get stuck, Mm -hmm. if you're stuck out there today and you've been arguing this over the same thing for five years in a row or whatever, the reason why you're stuck is you don't know how. You don't know how to get out of the space that you're in. Now, why don't you know? The reason why people don't know is they won't pay the price to grow. So God doesn't take you out of things. He grows you out of things. So if you don't pay the price to grow, you'll never know. So the reason why you don't know is you won't grow. And so we keep taking yesterday's level into today. And I don't know about you, but you have got to grow out of where you've been so you can grow into what God wants you to be and and 
accomplish now. So you have to pay the price to grow. What does that look like, paying the price? Give me an example. Paying the price means becoming self-aware, studying, learning, listening to Daniil Hage, (laughs) uh, applying what you hear, uh, stop taking things personal, develop mature responses that uh, contribute to solutions and not problems, and and, uh, be under authority, um, have somebody that, that you can look to that it, it, whether you know them personally or you're just in relationship with their information, whatever you have to do, it's the application of appropriate information and that you have the discipline right. to do it. I know that you say frustration is knowing what to do when you're frustrated, knowing what to do, but not doing or confusion. it. confusion, yeah. Uh, uh, so I think frustration to me Frustration is knowing what to do, but not having the maturity to do. Right. Or the the discipline. Yeah. Yeah. You know what to do. Mm -hmm. You know what to do, but you just don't Don't have the maturity to make the decision. Okay. Let's go to the next one. And I think too, there's been times when we're in conflict where I could see like maybe you were venting and I could see it was going down a road that was not productive. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to walk away. Mm-hmm. because I don't like where this is going. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm coming back, but right now we need some space. And you need, this is, because I knew it wasn't personal to me, but you were making it personal well, we to me. We can tell that story on the next point. Okay, number eight. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting you. They to... don't, ex- they, couples who make it don't expect their spouse to meet their every single need, okay? There's some needs that only God can meet, okay? There's some needs that my girlfriends can meet. There's some needs that, you know, I mean, my kids meet, but not one person can meet your every need. And again, you have to allow each other the freedom and the space to get your needs met in a productive way and not have this high expectation. So it's a myth of love that we learned a few months ago. One of the myths of love is thinking that one person has everything that is required to meet every need that you have. Mm -hmm. That's a myth. Yeah, right. And right. then and then an egocentric, egomaniac response is me thinking that if you have a need that I can't meet, it should go unmet because I can't meet it. Right, right. But one thing we know about humans is they're going to get their needs met. Mm-hmm. They are going to get their needs met. And, and realize there's a difference between a need and a want. A need is something you are unwell or off balance without. Like it's a need, a want, you know, you can live your whole life wanting things, but it's not a need, you know, but a need, like, especially when it comes to emotional things, there's, you know, I'm just not myself or it knocks me out of whack if I don't feel so seen I am or heard not, or listened I to. am not less of a man if I can't meet every, every right. need that Daniil has. And I'm not less of a woman if, if I can't. If you can't meet every, yeah. So, so here's, here's the thing on that. So the only way I would get hurt about that is if I assessed myself as the uh, total need-meeting person in your life and you can't get your need met any other way. Like you have a need to play pickleball. (laughs) I hate pickleball. Why? Because it's the number two most frequent reason why people frequent emergency rooms in America. And I'm 66 years old. I got a lot to lose. 
I don't feel like blowing up my Achilles tendon because I'm a weekend warrior with a bunch of her friends. <laughs> that are all in their 60s, by the way. Well, go ahead, <laughs> knock yourself out. But you know what? I it's The risk is, is too is great for the, 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 the reward. reward of running around and going, you know, I beat you. <laughs> okay, I don't care. Uh, so what does she do? She plays pickleball every single chance she gets. With my friends. God, God bless you. <laughs> Love it. Wish you the best. I don't need to meet that need. Not right. So, right. uh... But, and then there's needs that I have that you can't, so it's And, and it's a, a, a less secure person would say, well, then you can't play because I'm not playing. Yeah. Because okay. we play with men and women. But a, a controlling, possessive, less secure person wouldn't want their wife or their husband doing something they can't do. So again, to stay married, you, you need maturity. <laughs> so you got to grow to and know. And security. You got to grow to know. If you don't know, it's because you won't grow. That, right. Pay the price to grow and then you'll know. Go. Number nine. You have a higher authority that you're answering to than your feelings. Wow. Okay? You cannot be led by feelings. Feelings aren't good, bad, right, or wrong. Feelings just are. They require no intellect, no IQ. They're just feelings. And guess what? They're going to change in a minute. <laughs> in an hour, you're going to feel differently than you do right now because they come and go. So, but there's, you can't just be led. They make bad leaders. Feelings make bad leaders. And women are more prone to be led by feelings because women are more emotional. Generally speaking, in our relationship, Steve probably is the one that's more emotional. I'm probably tend to be uh, on the more logical side in our relationship. And maybe, maybe it's because of our age or, or, or whatever, but you're, you're a preacher, like you're passionate, you're intense, you're emotional. But, um, but we learned a long time ago that again, you, you can't place all your eggs in one basket according to your feelings okay, because so, they change. So feelings, I'm not telling, we're not saying, you know, deny your feelings. Feelings are like kids, you know, you don't let them drive. They're like toddlers. <laughs> you don't let them drive, but you don't put them in the trunk either. Right. Right. Okay. So, right. So, yeah. so if you have feelings, it's okay to discuss yes. your feelings. But hor horrible leadership is allowing your your walk to be. I walk by feelings. Right. No, you, we walk by faith. So it's important that you understand that emotions are giving you behavioral suggestions. Mm -hmm. So nearly every emotion is suggesting a behavior right. connected to the emotion. Right. And so if you are obeying the behavioral suggestion that your anger is telling you mm -hmm. is, is a good choice. I'm angry, therefore throw a punch. Right. Okay, you're in jail. Uh, <laughs> I'm angry, therefore tell him to pull over and he gets out and he's 6'6 six, six, and he beats you to powder from your nose to your toes. Bad choice to tell the guy because you're road raging. Right. Bad choice, but there's a behavioral choice. There's a behavioral suggestion by every emotion. Right. I'm leaving. I'm divorcing. I'm uh, going to find someone else. I'm going to go to the bar with my girlfriends. I'm going to go, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. So you, it's okay to have feelings. God gave us yes. feelings to experience the world with, but he did not give us feelings to obey right. as the navigator of our lives. Right. So maturity knows how to assess and properly place what you're feeling. I'm not telling you not to feel. I'm just telling you don't do what your feelings tell you to do. Right. So we are answering to a higher authority. What is that higher authority in our relationship? Mm -hmm. 
to me, it's the Lord Jesus. Right, the Word of God. To me, it's the mm-hmm. Word of God. It's the Heavenly Father. Uh, you know, there are times when I have to make decisions based on my relationship with God, not based on my relationship with Daniil. Right. Absolutely. There's times when I have to make my rela- I have to make decisions based on my relationship with God and not my relationship with my kids. Right. Or my relationship with church members or my relationship to the world or the goings on in culture. I have to choose and God will always call you higher mm-hmm. than division and hatred and, and separation yeah. and strife and and all that kind of stuff and you we have got to understand that I'm not answering to a human authority. I'm having a human experience. Right. But I'm answering to a supernatural heavenly father. Right. Which, and also that's a great boundary, ladies, for when it comes to submitting to your husband. Okay. Because yes, he is the headship of our home. And the Bible says, you know, women submit to your husbands. Husbands love your wives. Right. But if he is doing something that is unloving, or he's asking me to do something that does not line up with the word of God, something immoral, unethical, or illegal, I don't have to submit because I, my first authority, even above my husband, is my God. Let me just say to men, be a reflection of God's heart to your wife and family. That's it. Be a reflection yes. of that connection. Work hard. Study at that. Be the kind of man that your family deserves. And you can't do that by any other means, in my opinion, except a God connection. Right. Well, and you say, who's doing that? I get comments all okay, day okay, long okay, okay. on social media from women saying, yeah, what I if know. your husband is abusive? I'm so sorry. And I say, why are you there? Well, get yeah, guess, the heck out. Yeah. God does not call you to submit to abuse. Okay. No. And I guess that's why there's waiting lists on battered women's shelters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But hey. hopefully... Hopefully, we're calling people higher than yes. that. And I'm sorry if that's your situation. Yeah. Okay, number 10. Number 10, they pray together. Praying together is a very intimate thing, okay? Praying with anybody is a very intimate thing, which is a lot of times why people don't want to pray out loud because it's vulnerable, it's intimate, it's it's humbling, right? Because you're, you're talking to a higher authority. Um, and we have always in our relationship, you know, prayed together for, for each other, for our marriage, for our ministry, for our children. I mean, everything, everything. And where, again, because we have the trust and we're, we feel safe with each other, we can be vulnerable like that with one another. And I would say, if you don't have that kind of connection with your spouse, work on that. Even if you have to write your prayers down and read them together, but you've got that, bringing that Bringing God into every single area of your well, life and I also think, is super important. Yeah, I don't think we need to be making prayer, pray together, although I respect your point. I think the reason why people are apprehensive, apprehensive to pray to, with one another is they don't understand God's heart yeah. toward them. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, why are you making your prayers about you? Make it about Him and understand that it's God's good pleasure to give you your requests to, to give you the, your best life. We have a loving, giving, benevolent Heavenly Father right. who has ult, a never-ending supply of what you need. Right, right. And so all He wants you to do is to involve Him in your life. Uh, we own some businesses together. 
uh, and we have business partners. And, and, and like in any business, uh, last week we had some issues that we had to, had to resolve uh, or look at. And uh, I got off the phone with my business partner and I went and sat down on the couch and I told Daniil, I said, we have got to pray for our company. We have to pray. We're in a, we're in a stuck spot. And we prayed, and the next day, something incredible happened, uh, yeah. which I can't Power go into. Prayer. But, <laughs> Power so, prayer. But we prayed about it. I have my personal prayer time. We have our prayer time together, and she has her prayer time. And to me, that reinforces why we're together. Listen, yeah. when you pray, you'll get on purpose. Purpose redeems pain. When you get on purpose, you'll hit your sweet spot in your relationship and you won't even know how you got there because God led you there. I'm not trying to tell you to be all religious and spooky and stiff. Yeah. Uh, trust me, I don't know God that way and I don't know that God. Right. But you the talk God, to God like you would a friend. <laughs> but, but what I understand is I have a heavenly father who wants nothing but the best for me and my marriage and my children and my grandchildren and that same God is available to you. I'm not trying to be religious. Right. I'm telling you there's a relationship available to you that will create longevity in your life. You can't God is love and so you can't have love without God in its fullest expression. I'm not again, I'm not trying to convert anybody or cram God down anybody's throat. I'm saying there's something magnificent available to you. And all you got to do is say, Father in heaven, I got a situation. And uh, I know that your power wants to make it good. Yeah. Amen. Amen. This was great. Hey, Amen. thanks for having me. Yes, this and, was uh, great. Yeah, it was and, my honor. And we just want to thank you for being a part. And again, please like, share, and subscribe. And that way, whenever there's a new podcast, we always usually drop them on Wednesday mornings. A little bell will ring and remind you to come and join us. And if you think that this conversation was beneficial to you and you have a friend that it might benefit, please share it. 